Armin and I, we're very excited to present our annual. This is this is going to be a tradition. Welcome now. back, welcome back, welcome back. We all play some mace. We've played that before. NFL. Yes. We're back, baby. Pack stadiums. Not sure how I feel about that, but I do. I actually do feel excited about that. Oh my god, it's great, man! It is great to be back. You know, I mean, let's face it: the NFL, National Football League, is the goat of American professional sports. Yes, right. Like worldwide, yeah, we know that that soccer, you know, they they have the most money, the most revenue, the, the biggest fan base. But here in these United States, it's all about american football oh yeah and we talked about dallas cowboys they're the most valuable franchise in all of sports including international football so this is our annual nfl preseason show even though the season just started but we're getting this out to you before hopefully before week two here definitely before week two um and we're going to do a gratitude exercise like we did last year so we're going to go through all 32 teams I, I believe that's how many teams there are in the nfl and we're going to say something that either the franchise the team or the fans should be grateful about or can be grateful about because we don't like to use the word should. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to forget to be grateful. Yeah. And we're going to find the silver linings, even with, with certain teams or franchises or tortured fan bases, mm -hmm. easier for some teams and, and more difficult for others, but you can always find the silver linings and everything. We encourage you to do the same thing with things in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah, indeed. I mean, listen, um, Cue the music. Well, hold on because no, but listen, gratitude is, really the it's it's the most important thing we can do at the end of the day literally at the end of the day you know we talk a lot about the balance between mindfulness and gratitude and gratitude is really just another form of mindfulness right it's just like mindfulness squared um but it's it's a more reflective form of mindfulness like a reset and more targeted um, more targeted no doubt yeah. and um so we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna get into that space. We're gonna get into that zone with you guys um, because that's what the NFL deserves. Some freaking that's what gratitude. we deserve. That's what that's, we deserve. That's what we all deserve. And and gratitude is important to building resilience and mental fitness because it is the one thing that can create momentum for you to achieve your goals, and it could help kind of turn a shitty situation into something that's meaningful, positive, something where you can learn from. And at the end of the day, help, hopefully, eventually over time, create kind of this positive filter where it's easier for you to pick out the positive things in your life. And therefore, it's easier to have momentum and therefore it's easier to overcome obstacles. And that's the definition of, of resilience, being able to bounce back when you get sucked in the mouth. There it is. Hit the music. Let's go. What division do you want to start out in for our NFL preview? Well, I, I would have to, we have to say the NFC East, right? Because this, I feel like this is always mm -hmm. like that, the most sort of, I don't know, controversial division, you know, one way the weakest division last year. Yeah. I mean, a lot of ebb and flow in terms of how that division performs, but is always a lot of, uh, a lot of intrigue, right? I mean, the Cowboys mm -hmm. are in this division, of course. Uh, Washington Redskins, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, a lot of money, a lot of money, big cities. And that big division. cities, 
big cities comes a lot of pressure absolutely man and uh of course dallas cowboys you know i mean let's listen, start there this is the the most lucrative sports franchise in the world right so all eyes are on on these yeah. these fools and then i mean hey why not right they 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 actually came into the season as uh, apparently reality tv stars <laughs> oh yeah hard knocks it's not ever a good thing to be on hard knocks because that means you did poorly the year before yeah exactly it's kind of weird uh it's kind of a weird way to to start a season if you ask me just with all these cameras like kind of in your face kind of invasive where you're trying to you know do your training camp thing which training camp is kind of supposed to be a little bit probably clandestine you know yeah and this is the opposite of what nfl franchises want external stressors and right uh different things thrown into the mix because they like to think keep things uh nice and tidy but uh i think for me the if i was a cowboys fan or a front office person or a player obviously you're going to be appreciative and thankful that you your owner is jerry jones and your most valuable franchise in sports and you play in this billion dollar stadium in front of probably mm. the, the biggest it fan base in the country. Um, mm. But for me, it's gotta be Dak Prescott in that first game, obviously he came back, Huge. he's coming back from that gruesome leg injury and he looked right. good. There was rumors that he had a shoulder he problem, but he, he was sticking with Pey uh, not Peyton, excuse me, sticking with Brady. He was every step of the way. And it was just a matter about who had the ball last. So right. I'm thankful if I'm the Cowboys about Dak Prescott, he does look like, a franchise quarterback. Well, he's always looked like a franchise quarterback. There's promise that he could bring them to the to promised land. Yes, yes. I don't know, man. I mean, you know, Dak had a great rookie season, right? Uh, taking over for the uh, the great Tony Romo, and you know, and all that stuff, all that controversy around that. But you know, he he really earned that position, and uh, and people have to understand, like, it's not easy to to fill the shoes of, you know, legendary player, you know, like Tony Romo, you know, your young guy, um, a lot of pressure right there. And be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Lot, exactly. I mean, a lot of pressure right there. And when you see a young person being able to take on that kind of pressure with the poise that he had, you already know there's something special there, something different. Um, yeah. And he's been open and honest about his struggles with mental health yeah. and depression and suicidal thoughts after the passing of his brother. So that's right. Whatever you have to say about him, he, he it appears that he's a great leader great based leader. on comments here from his teammates. Mm -hmm. You can see it on the playing field. All right. So, so, uh, so we might as well go go then with their biggest arch rival, the Washington Redskins, or excuse me, the Washington football team. Um, I hope they go with the Red Hogs. I, oh, I saw yeah, that, they, that would be great. Uh, they gave a list. I think Red Wolves though makes the most sense because then they can keep us kind of a similar logo. Uh, but either way, I kind of like Washington football team. Yeah, it's it's catchy. Um, it's catchy. It's like but what would you be grateful Washington football for if club, you were Washington football team? If you were part of the team, what would you be grateful for or part of the fan? You are part of the fan I base. Am. That's your hometown I, team. That's right. What are you grateful for, Dr. Hose? Well, so again, controversy, right? Uh, there was a lot of controversy with within this organization. Uh, I think for a long time, we actually had this discussion with uh, one of our former guests the the legendary andre collins super bowl legend mm -hmm, no doubt uh about kind of the turmoil uh that that was going on within that organization around this name change you know and and just you know this lawsuit 
against the team for, you know, of course the, the Redskins name um, and just, you know, the general, I think public backlash uh, had, had really been permitting for quite some time. Um, and, and so they made the call, you know, they made the call to, to change the name. And what I think they have to be grateful for is that um, you have to, you have to imagine the fears that they, that they, that they had, which obviously were that, you know, by changing the name, they would change the brand, it would, it would diminish the brand, it would, it would affect business, you know, whatever, you know, hurt the fan base. That doesn't appear to have happened. It appears that they, they made a, a, a change to this Washington football team thing. It sort of caught on. Um, I honestly can't even remember the last time I even thought about the Redskins, <laughs> you know, like the yeah. term Redskins. And they ended um, up making the playoffs that they first made the year playoffs last year. last year. And they have an elite defense. Great defense, um, for sure. You know, they, they have great this great young running back, great, you know, this receiving core that's coming scary up. Terry. You know, scary Terry. So a lot to be thankful for, um, you know, in, in terms of just the fact that they weathered the storm, yeah. you know, in, in terms of this whole name yeah. change thing. Yeah, and they, they have the opportunity, silver lining, to get Brian Fitzpatrick his first time in the playoffs. We'll oh, yeah. see. He already got injured. I think he dislocated his hip, so hopefully he can come back from that. But but we'll see. that. Um, so moving on, uh, this one, this one's going to be a little tough, but what about the New York Giants? I think uh, for me, I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's one last chance for this coaching staff and for this quarterback, Daniel Jones, to, I think, to, to win. I think they're playing for their, their respective jobs here. And if the Giants don't perform this year, I think we could say goodbye to Joe Judge and Daniel Jones. But when, there's an opportunity there, so you got to be grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. I always have to be grateful for, for opportunities. Um, hey, they are in the city of New York. Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, great sports city. And so they do have, you know, a, a, a storied franchise, right? Eli, Eli Manning. Saquon's back. Uh, and, you know, all the things that great things he's done. The two Super Bowls that he's brought to the city. Um, you know, so they, they have a legacy, right? Um, and they can always fall back on, on that and say, hey, you know, we know who we are. You know, we can be a winning franchise. We have traditions. You know, we have core values. I think they just need to kind of, kind of get back to their core values. You know, when I, whenever I think about the New York Giants, I always think obviously great defense, right? Like Lawrence Taylor, yeah, pass, pass rush. rush. Yeah. And, uh, and just a dominating, Michael defense, you Justin know, just Tuck. intimidating guys, you know, I've not, they haven't seen that for a long time with them. They also have always had kind of like a superior kind of running game, you know, just a smash mouth style football, you know, with more like game manager kind of, quarterbacks and you know Saquon he's he's obviously a great running back hopefully he has a great year um I think the fact that he's back yeah a lot to be grateful for but you know the success of their season is going to ultimately hinge on Saquon's shoulders and you know his health and his ability to kind of get back out there and do what he does because he's like the only to yep, me tr yep. truly the only uh, transcendent talent on their offense so he's got to have the ball in his hands oh yeah definitely definitely Last but not least, we have the Philadelphia Eagles off to a one and no start here. The only team so far that's won a game in that division. And uh, they trounced the Atlanta Falcons. So, and what I think they should be thankful for, or I would be thankful for, is this young offensive core, um, new coach, Jalen Hurts, looks pretty solid in, in this new offense. And 
I've been hearing that they're there. I saw that their coach, he gave a pretty nervy uh, press conference initially. And people were like kind of concerned about, Oh, is this guy know what he's doing? Um, and they nicknamed him the Italian Ted Lasso. I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso on HBO. It's one of the best heartfelt sports shows where a college football coach from America gets recruited to coach soccer in England um, because the owner essentially wants the team to do really shittily. And he ends up like being a galvanizing character who brings all the, brings the team together and they actually do pretty well. So maybe that's in store for the Eagles this season. Maybe. I don't know, man. Um, you know, whenever you, uh, you know, you lose a, uh, a quarterback that was sort of like a franchise quarterback and you're making that transition, it's tough. You know, I mean, there, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal. You know, you're sort of like shifting the identity of the team in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it's, it, it obviously doesn't necessarily have to be a rebuild. It's not, you know, I don't think there's necessarily a sense with this team that, you know, that they're rebuilding. Um, but uh, it just kind of feels like there's just, is not, is not very solid. You know, they're not on very solid ground right now. Yeah. Um, I think whenever you're in the NFC East, it's, it's win now mentality because that division's yeah. up for grabs. But uh, let's keep the ball rolling here. Um, and let's jump over to the NFC. No, stick to the NFC. We'll go NFC North. Start off with the Green Bay Packers. Probably the biggest uh, story of the offseason was Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, MVP last year, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. And he wants out, um, but he didn't get his way this offseason. And it sounds like this is, for me, the silver lining is one last hurrah here with Mr. Rodgers. You kind of know this is going to be his last season in Green Bay, um, essentially. So, Let's see how it goes, and let's settle in for a, for a fun uh, season. Obviously, off to a horrendous start, um, but yeah. What are you, what are your thoughts? Well how, well, how can we say we know for sure it's his last season? Well, we do, I guess nothing is for certain, but I'm, I'm I thinking, mean, yeah, that maybe maybe he could fall in love all over again. You never yeah, know. You never know. I think his the general manager would have to get a shit can in order for him to say, but we'll see. They got they have to go to couples therapy, you know, <laughs> figure it out. But, you know, I mean, listen, if you're Aaron Rodgers, I guess you're looking at it from a couple different perspectives. Sure, it's, it's great to be able to finish your career in the same place. I think there's something, you know, special about that. And technically, that would be something that he could say he would have that Tom Brady doesn't have, right, if, if he were able to, to accomplish that. And, the, you know, in professional sports, there is respect that comes with that. There, it's just a thing. Um, there's a mystique that, that comes from being able to, you know, finish what you started, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, he is seeing a lot of these guys moving on, right? Peyton Manning, you know, we moved on to Denver and then, you know, Tom Brady more recently. Well, that's what I would, I would, I would have loved to see Peyton Manning get knowing he had, all right, this is his last season in Indy. And then we're going to switch over to Andrew Luck, but said it was an injury right. and then oh, we're fortunate enough to have an opportunity to get Andrew Luck. So I never got to see Peyton, someone from Indianapolis, in a Colts jersey one last time. Next thing I know, he's in a Broncos jersey, and I was all whatever. Anyways, the Packers fans, at least, they can soak this season in. They can be really mindful, be in the moment, watch all these games, knowing that this is probably it. Well, what's similar on all fronts is that you know, there comes a point where the team and the player mutually agree that it's just not working for whatever reason. And it seemed like in each case, it was a little bit of a different thing. Like in uh, Peyton's case, it was injury or some, you know, 
belief that he wouldn't be able to bounce back from the injury. Uh, in Brady's case, you know, I guess they felt like he was too old or something. And, and then of course, egos. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and here with Aaron, it's hard to say what the hell is going on there, man. It's, it's like on one hand, you, you, you think, well, maybe management, you know, they're just kind of like, for example, picking up a quarterback high in the draft to just as like, I don't know, like an insurance policy. I, it, it's hard to say Then if you're Aaron Rodgers, you, you're like, well, man, maybe that's the team should be able to do that. I mean, you are older, right? You're, you're not like, you know, a young guy I anymore. Mean, so, yeah, but what do you think? Oh, come on. This day and age, people are drafting quarterbacks and they're ready to go. They're, they're hitting the ground rolling. But yeah, there's obviously beef there. We don't know the ins and outs. But if you're if you're Rodgers and you're in your prime still, obviously he's coming off an MVP season and they are your contenders, perennial contenders. I mean, can we really say he's in his prime? I, th- I don't I, you can say he's he was a couple of plays away from being in the Super Bowl coming off his best season and statistically in the nfl and, and record wise and i mean i could say he's still on the tail end of his is yeah his peak. I, I think with these guys we can't ever say they're not in their prime anymore because you see tom brady out there whipping it 40 plus years old you're not gonna you could say he's not in his prime but at the end of the day he's looking better than ever in some of these games i agree no he's looking great it's just um i don't know i, I don't necessarily see uh aaron Rodgers having the same timeline uh, as as Tom Brady, yeah, I, I think his, I, his that's a little career. unrealistic. But and and you know, I, I just I've I've really watched Aaron Rodgers closely uh, ever since he came into the league, and yeah, he had a great year last year. You know, I just he did become a little overrated before that because he people were putting him over Brady for for a few years. Yeah, it's just there's there's something about there's something about his you know what what, what I see in him. I'm just not seeing the same guy. I definitely, he had a great year last year, uh, you know, but there's something missing. And, I, and you know, honestly, man, it-, it Trust? It, exactly. I was going to say, it may not even be physical. Here's the thing. It may not be like a mechanics thing that he's losing any, you know, anything in particular. Because, no. um, of course, we have, to, we have to think, he hasn't gotten over the hump in a really long time. You know, the, you mentioned the Super Bowl victory. Mm-hmm. But that was a really long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And Brady, Brady had a similar drought in his career and ended up having. He's had like three different primes. So we'll see. I still, I still got stock and and Rogers. But let's keep the. Well, it could be that it could actually be. My point was an emotional thing. Oh yeah. Right, like a thing that maybe he's just un, unhappy and, well, and it's starting to really affect. He's his performance. Uh, I mean. We don't know the ins and outs, but he's had several different high-profile relationships. He's he's engaged now. Different priorities, you know. You never know. He, he didn't really enjoyed hosting Jeopardy, um, but uh, he can still sling it with the best of them. Yeah, always. All right, let's go to their number one rival, the Chicago Bears. For me, solid defense and the future quarterback Justin Fields. I think they they were fortunate that he kind of fell to them and. Um, I watched him play in college. This is this dude's going to be solid, and I think they have a lot of, to be uh, thankful for. Solid. What what does solid mean exactly? So I think he's got potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, but it may take time to get there. 
I, I, I need to see him play an NFL season, but I think he, he's definitely someone that I would, if I had to bet on, I'd say he's a franchise quarterback at the very least, which is better than what they've had in uh, quite some time. I don't think they've really had one. They had Jay Cutler, yeah. Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton. I think he's better than all those guys. And, and honestly, they were having someone like him, or at least where I think he could be from, I think winning a Super Bowl with, with that nasty defense a few times. So, I mean, they made the Super yeah. Bowl against the Colts, yeah. lost to Peyton because yeah. they had Kyle Orton. I agree. Um, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with everything you said there. And I think they've, they've underachieved tremendously over the years, largely because of the quarterback play. So, yeah. And that, yeah. That, that, you know, that culture, like you mentioned, like bears football, it's hard nosed defense. We're going to punch you in the mouth. So that Justin Fields doesn't have to be anything special. I think he could turn out being special, but all he, all he has to do is be fucking solid. Yeah, for sure. Exciting. All right. Who else got Detroit Vikings or yeah, Detroit? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it start with Detroit. Well, so Det- Detroit's a little bit more interesting for me. So I don't know if you heard their coach. I, I'm thankful as a Detroit fan. I got a coach with a personality because I think they've had some some coaches in the past, recent past, that have lacked personality. Because their coach was all he said in the off season, he wants to eat people's kneecaps. So I like that energy. He's a fiery former defensive guy, big jack dude. <laughs> um, so I'd be thankful for having that type of coach up there in Detroit because I think they have to win the same way. All these teams in the North, I feel like you got to be able to punch people in the mouth. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll see what happens with Detroit, but uh, I think if they can be a team that's even close to 500, then it's probably a, a success this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota. Wow. So, I mean, listen, prolific offensive weapons, um, you know, between Adam Thielen and this young boy in his second year, Justin Jefferson, uh, great receiving core. And then you got, you know, great running back. Yeah. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook all day. And, you know, you have a quarterback that, you know, he can make the throws. He's a high volume passer. You know, he's someone that, you know, you could say, you know, probably could use some work on, on, you know, learning how to be resilient in those high pressure moments. But, um, you know, I think they've, they've come really close. One of these teams that have just, Mm -hmm. they've come really close, you know, it oftentimes, comes down to like one play here one play there um but you know I, I think it's like who knows this is one of these teams it's like you have enough to make the playoffs um if if you're able to i think you know find a leader you know on that team like someone to really kind of like put it all together and really galvanize like on the on the field um who knows they might be able to make a, a push yeah. Yeah, I'd be thankful for the consistency. This is a consistent team that make, makes the playoffs damn near every year. doesn't really do a whole lot once they get there. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this year is going to be kind of a breaking point because um, if they don't, I think, improve upon what this consistent one and done in the playoffs type thing that they've been doing or make win, winning one or two games in the playoffs but never getting to the penultimate game, they're going to have to make a change, whether that's at quarterback or head coach. And I think that's the silver lining. It's like, all right, well, let's see what you got this year. And we're going to have to go in a different direction if it doesn't end up the way we want it to. And if it does, then that's even better. So I think that's something to be thankful for. All right, let's, let's, let's head down South and NFC South. This is where the former Super Bowl champions 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers reside and there's a lot to be thankful for down there in Tampa. Yeah. The GOAT, not only the GOAT, but all 22 starters returning. That's unheard of. I don't think that's ever happened for a Super Bowl team. Key reserves are all returning. This team is stacked. This has never happened where that many players from a championship team have decided to take pay cuts in a lot of ways to come back and try to repeat. Mm -hmm. And you know why? A lot of that energy who doesn't want to take a little bit of a pay cut to play with the goat? I'm sure they'll make it up in the future. So that there's a lot to be thankful mm-hmm. for there. And I know I'm going to give you the floor because I know you got some stuff to talk about with regards to No, I mean, honestly, I, I don't, you, you said it, everything needs to be said. There's not a whole lot that you know needs to be said. I think everybody understands what happened. They just won their second Super Bowl in franchise history. Their uh, first Super Bowl in what? At least 15 years yeah it's, it's been a while it's back when john gruden was with the bucks but but yeah brad johnson that's right now the, the mvp was a defensive player that year mm-hmm. he had like two picks yeah they had a great defense they had a great defense it was really really solid solid defense but anyway yeah so it's great i mean just everything everything that that they you know set out to accomplish last year as an organization they 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 did they won in convincing fashion, you know, beating all the best teams on their way, you know, like proving without a doubt. Washington football team almost got them. Yeah. That's, we'll I was up. having a conversation with you got, I feel like kind of the blueprint to beating Mahomes, they got after him with the defense and Mahomes, Mahomes didn't stand a chance. I feel like in order to beat Brady, you're going to have, your defense is going to have to get up in there oh, and yeah. get after him. Absolutely. I mean, Philadelphia, yeah, you know that's that's kind of how how they did it, oh, you know, a few years oh, back. Yeah, or and then out out score them as well. So we'll see. It's going to take a a huge effort to take knock them off. And then uh, I think the Saints, another big kind of interesting team to keep an eye on this year. Already off to a one no start. Jameis Winston five TDs in week one. You can definitely be thankful about that. But I think at the end of the day, you have you have one of the best offensive minds. I think people think Sean McVay, which is, he's great, but um, Sean Payton. Like he's been there, done that, won a Super Bowl, so he's going to keep the, the offense rolling. Yes, and they, they, hey, don't sleep on him. No, I know. I mean, hey, Jameis Winston. People forget, man. When he was at Florida State, I mean, to me, he was right up Heisman he, freshman he year, the Heisman, yeah, Heisman Trophy winner. He was right up there with you know Cam Newton, uh, you know Tim Tebow, a few other guys, as just you know easily greatest college football quarterbacks ever you know top five top 10 right up there man i mean he was just so tremendous he got lasik too absolutely yep i heard that's right eyes up so all right all right and then carolina panthers also starting want to know teddy uh, teddy bridgewater's gone darnold's back so Mm -hmm. fresh start for darnold but then you got you get cmc christian mccaffrey he's back he's healthy looking good yeah no i I, they're they're in they're in a new era you know, post Cam Newton, whenever I think about Carolina, I still think Cam Newton, you know, and I think that that's what what is for a lot of people. Yeah. And, but they're in a new era. They have a new face. It is. Yeah. After all, like McCaffrey's probably the face of the operation now. And he's a great guy to have, you know, as, as kind of like, you know, the, the, the face and the voice of the team. I mean, he's um, obviously a, a great running back, um, you know, he catches out of the backfield, like no other, um a guy that kind of is like an every down kind of guy and he seemed like a high character guy you know yeah so definitely 
That's it's an exciting team. And then the Falcons thought they I, I was having some high hopes for them this year. They kind of laid an egg against the Eagles week one. But hey, Lassie, I think the uh gratitude piece I had before first game was this is a new season, fresh start, because last year the Falcons squandered six total leads and they lost eight games with a deficit of less than seven points. So they had so many close losses, which if they flip 50% of those, they're they're close to being a playoff team possibly. So Yeah, I just don't see it, man. You know, those statistics, what they tell me, especially when I look at a team like the Falcons, is that they're a team that put, like essentially invested over the years, too much money into their offense for the sake of mm. their defense, right? For you know, and 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 I think what what happens is they really ultimately have they and they've had a they've had a great offense for a really long time, but at this point now, I would say it's sort of like above average. You know, it's no longer great. A lot of these guys have gotten older. Yeah, Julio's gone. Um, and, and Julio's gone now. Um, and really, you know, the defense, to me, I mean, it seems like they've, they just really have, have not committed to that, that end. Is, maybe they're rebuilding now, I'm not really sure. But that side of the ball, it doesn't seem like they've really made a commitment to because every game lately seems to be super high scoring. Right. And just like these shootouts. And, you know, it's really hard to win. It always has been hard to win to win in the NFL in a shootout. You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to to lock down. Right. You have to be able to lock people down at some point. Yeah. You can't control the momentum as easily. Yeah. On the offensive side of the ball. But um, yeah. All right. Last conference or last division in the NFC. And then we'll we'll take a break. NFC West. I think this is the best division in, in football. Um, I think we got three possible, uh, yeah, I would say maybe even four possible Super Bowl contenders here. Um, I know you probably get after me for that, but uh, we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals, probably the most polarizing team. But you got to be thankful for Kyler Murray looking like a stud, and you got to be thankful for J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, both those defensive ends getting after the quarterback. Chandler Jones had five sacks in week one. So, Mm-hmm. I don't know if things start to click on offense and the defense looks good. These these boys, yeah, they're, they're going to be the team to, to beat this year. Not like as in they're the favorite to win, but they're going to be the team that, that is sort of like the, the spoiler. Oh, yeah. Right? They're going to knock somebody off. Like they're a team that's going to get into the playoffs. And, they can be one know, and done or they can make, make a run, run, like a deep run. And they got they got some good leadership on yeah, that team. Larry sure. Fitzgerald, um, I see that still there. Um, they're just loaded. JJ Watt, Chandler Jones, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, Hop get Hopkins. Oof. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's a game changer. You know, and 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 there aren't that many. Honestly, like there aren't that many game changing receivers in the NFL, and there never really has been like guys that literally like they just you know you throw it out there oh yeah you know they're short-handed they can you know what I mean it doesn't even really matter like if you're in trouble you're the quarterback you just throw it up in the air within 10 feet right in, mm-hmm. in, in their direction they're gonna go it's a it. great combo to have Kyler running around and at the end of the day he can create space and get a pass off and just throw it in the vicinity of Hopkins yeah. and he'll, he'll snap. two, three guys. It doesn't really matter. Like he's going to go get it. He's going to, he's going to be able to like 
get it over the top. And here's the thing. Um, you go back in history, you know, there's like guys like Jerry Rice, you know, Randy Moss, you know, guys that like Tim Brown, Michael Irvin, like these game breakers, right? Very few of them over the years in, in the NFL. Now, you know, you have what Devonte Adams from Green Bay. And then, you know, I, I don't, I don't know once you get past him and, and, uh, and Deandre, I don't know if there's anybody else quite like that, that has, you know, the, everything right in terms of this Tyreek Hill and the hands here's the problem with Tyreek right he's short he's short yeah, he's a game changer but he's a short guy so he's True. not going over the top right he's not yeah. a guy that you know we're in the red zone you know what I mean you're looking for mm -hmm. um so he's he, that's Kelsey he to me is like the, the 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 one B right yeah Kelsey may actually be the only other guy that's on their level he's a guy because of his size and his strength he can kind of do all the things they can do. Actually, I think I think uh, AJ Brown can get there, and DK Metcalf possibly could get to that level at some point. I don't think DK quite has the hands, but yeah. don't sleep on AJ Brown and my, Mike Evans too. Uh, he, but you're right; They're, the consistency is not quite there with those guys. Yeah, um, but they can just but change yeah, let's, everything. Let's, They're just game changers. Yeah. So, speaking of DK Metcalf, let's talk about the Seahawks. Oh my God! Obviously, you have to be thankful for. The consistency with Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, even though they're kind of button heads now and the defense has gotten a little weaker, although they look strong in week one, win over the Colts, you got to be thankful to have Russell. Yes. You got to be thankful that he's suiting up for your team. Yep. He's a star. And he's a superstar. He is a superstar. It just seems like a great, a great city to play for. I want to give a shout out to the 12th man. Mm -hmm. No, Russell Wilson is a superstar. Disrespect to Texas a and And, you know, in the NFL, that's what you want in your quarterback. You want a superstar. Right. You want a guy that everybody knows he comes in, in the room and it's like, OK, that's the guy. But let's uh, let's uh, something similar is happening to what happened. Aaron Rodgers there's, there's starting to be a little bit of a drought there after a hot start to the career. Yeah, I know. And you wonder what that's about. Right. Yeah. So. All right. So two last two L.A. Rams. This is one of my sleeper, not a sleeper team, but one of my I think the best team in this division all around They're probably best defense in the league. Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey, maybe two of the top three defensive players in the league on the same team. And then you got Sean McVay. We talked about him earlier, offensive genius. And they finally, he got to handpick and choose the quarterback that he wants to run his system. No more Jared Goff. Be thankful for that. And enough said there. What about, what do you think? They look solid. Oof, they look solid. They look good. That stadium, um, SoFi Stadium looks sick. I can't wait to go to a the game. Stadium looks amazing. The whole thing, man. The whole thing was working. You know, just the whole thing. They, they I, I really did like what I saw from the Rams. I, you know, I think that they have everything that they need. So, you know, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, can they produce in the playoffs, right? But they're going to yeah. be there. They're going to be one of the guys at the end. Absolutely. And then we got San Francisco 49ers just two years removed from the Super Bowl um, where they almost won, probably should have won, and they're healthy again, or at least, I mean, they're starting running back or hurt in the first game, which wasn't surprising, but they have the health back and they have, they have the offensive genius coach, Kyle Shanahan as well, looking to bounce back. And they have a, just in case Jimmy G doesn't work out, they have a, a running back. So I think, yep. I think they're back. We'll see. Yeah, no, I think so too. There, it's it's going to be exciting because there are a lot of teams this year that can contend, right? So everybody's got to be on their A game. 
you know, no one can, no one can really sleep. Like there's no team that's just like, you know, I mean, Tampa Bay, they're obviously still probably the best, but if you think about it, man, there's some, there's some really solid teams all the way around. Oh yeah. And on any given Sunday, I mean, that's what's so great about the NFL. Yeah. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. Right. Absolutely. And I would say the 49ers are their top five franchise in the NFL. And I, I was asked this question, like if you were to play for any team, if you played football, who would you play for outside of my, the teams I like? I would, I said the 49ers because dope city and a, and a legendary, legendary franchise with legendary players. Legends. Wow. All right. We just wrapped up the NFC. Let's head over to the AFC American football conference. That's my personal favorite conference. Got my yeah. two favorite teams, Colts Steelers. Yeah. And uh, why don't you uh, tell our audience quickly how you became a fan of two teams whose cities you're not even from? I mean, my understanding is you're from Indiana, right? Oh, yeah. Well, no. Well, born in Arizona, lived a little bit in Texas, Tennessee, and spent some my formidable years in in Indiana. I actually moved from Knoxville, Tennessee to Indiana the same year Peyton Manning was drafted from Tennessee, out of Tennessee, number one overall to the Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Okay. So naturally became a Colts fan because of that. Love Peyton Manning, probably favorite football player of all time, up there with Barry Sanders. So I wasn't a Colts fan until then. Um, my number one team, my day one team is Pittsburgh Steelers. My dad is from Pittsburgh area. Obviously had me in a Yancey Thigpen, Greg Lloyd jersey from a young age. Watched all the Super Bowls. Went to the Super Bowl when they took out the Seahawks up in Detroit. That was a great one. Classic. Um, but yeah, that's those are my squads. I still have love for Indianapolis, even though they kind of did paint and dirty. But honestly, you're not going to miss out on a once-in-a-generation town, Andrew Luck, when when Peyton's coming off neck surgery, but Andrew Luck, oh man, I'm still sad a little bit about him too, but now they have Carson Wentz, but let's not jump straight into the AFC South just, just yet. I think the AFC, where should we start? I don't know. Are they, are they stronger than the NFC this year? I think they might be. I don't know, man. I mean, they have certainly been in years past. Um, and you know, of course, when you had the goat over there all those years, true. um, yeah, but now, I mean, Think about it. On the NFC side, you got you got Green Bay, you have Tampa, you got I mean all of the NFC West. Honestly, the entire NFC yeah. West. I was going to say all the NFC West uh, is looking pretty strong, and uh, you know Dallas, right? I mean, yeah. they looked pretty good. They looked they they, they gave they Tampa all they could handle. You know, I'm not I'm not too sure about the you know I'm not the Saints. NFC South, yeah. Don't sleep on the Saints. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, yes, Drew Brees, you know, he he he's gone. But um, well, do you do you see that thing going around? Jameis Winston threw a threw a fifty five yards in the air, which Drew Brees never did when he was with the Saints, supposedly. That's true. Yeah, they were more of a sort of a, you know screen pass kind of. You know, kind of like out of Peyton the Manning in his years with the Broncos, yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I mean, listen, I think uh, I think this year it's actually going to be pretty balanced, and and that's actually very exciting because that makes me feel like the Super Bowl is up for grabs, right? It's anybody's anybody's game. All right, so let's do a little gratitude here. Of uh, let's start with the AFC South since we already talked about the Colts a little bit. We might as well jump in with them. Um, I, I, I gotta say this. I mean, we were talking about Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. They've had some legendary quarterbacks over the last uh, several years. So 
what about this year? They have Carson Wentz, someone else's trash, maybe become someone else's treasure in this case. And we'll see. We'll see. So off to a shaky start with week one. Big shoes to fill. Yeah. Really so big shoes to fill. Th- th- they've been trying to fill those shoes now for a couple of years. They had a Jacoby Brissett experiment, and then they brought in Phillip Rivers, Daddy Rivers for a season. And they did decent. They made the playoffs last year. They looked, they were actually pretty close to beating the Bills, um, but not quite enough. I think they have a solid head coach, good offensive mind. And it's all about whether or not these guys, Carson Wentz, with his former offensive coordinator, now the head coach, Frank Wright of the Indianapolis Colts, can kind of bring back that magic. He almost had an MVP like season back in the, was it the 2017, 2018 season when he, uh, end up getting injured at the end of the year. Brady won the MVP that year and the Eagles ended up winning the Super Bowl that year with uh, Nick Foles. So, and Wentz hasn't really been the same since a lot of O-line issues in the, for the Eagles. I, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm excited for the, for the season with them. Well, speaking of gratitude, man, I mean, if you're Carson Wentz, like you, you couldn't be more grateful to have this opportunity because, you know, I mean, Philly, that didn't go very well. You know, I mean, he was number two pick in the draft. And uh, very, very high expectations. You know, Philly really needed a quarterback. But I kind of have a feeling that he lost the locker room. You know, that's just the sense that I got. The team just... Why? Because his backup went in there and won a Super Bowl? (laughs) Well, I mean, that doesn't help. That doesn't help your case. But, you know, it's like, it just didn't didn't seem like a very well-connected team last year to me. You know, just a lot of disarray kind of dysfunctional and uh you know i gotta look to the the leader of the team you know for answers when i see stuff like that yeah so obviously he was uh, he was traded a lot of incentives in that trade too so unless the colts end up doing well and making the playoffs they actually don't have to give up a whole lot right so it's it's, it's something we're in there where essentially if the colts make the playoffs they have to give up a first rounder but if they don't they don't have to really give up a whole lot so this is a new lease on life for uh, Carson Wentz, right? This is a new opportunity, fresh start. You know, the house that Peyton built. Oh, yeah. You know, John, Johnny Unitas, right, <laughs> is, uh, you know, a Baltimore obviously Colt legend. legendary legendary quarterback from this franchise, you know? So, like, when you have guys like that, you know, those kind of shoes to fill, the Andrew Lux, the Johnny Unitas, the Peyton Mannings of the world, you know, a lot of pressure. There's still that um, shat, that shadow of luck because there's still people. I'm I'm plugged in with Indianapolis. Still rumblings. Oh, what's luck doing this this off season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's got to come through. You know. But people are excited. People are excited about Wentz, even after Week One. People are excited. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, as a medical professional, I'm not necessarily excited about his decision not to get vaccinated as a team captain. But that's a discussion for another time. Mm-hmm. See that leadership, man. You know, it's gonna. It might come back to haunt him. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, but I'll be at the game this weekend against the Rams. So I'm looking forward to doing some scouting. And I actually, uh, I think they're gonna do well. I think the Colts are gonna win that division, make the playoffs. But yeah, well, new lease on life for Carson Wentz. If you get a chance to to have a conversation with with uh, with Carson, ask him. You know how his mental fitness is doing these days. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to check in. <laughs> yeah, check in with him. All right, so there's uh, there's there's the Colts, and then I would say, I don't know, man. I look at these other teams. You got the Jaguars, the Titans, the Texans. 
I'm not sure. I mean, the Colts are clearly the best team in that division this year. But a lot of people like the Titans but, now. Yeah, I mean, but the Titans, here's the thing. Maybe not now. You know, the Titans, I, you know, they're starting to to strike me as this sort of one-dimensional team, you know, as far as their offense is concerned. And uh, and that, of course, is Derrick Henry. Um, mm, beast. He's a beast. He's a beast. But, you know, it's like if you can't really throw the ball at a high level in, in the NFL these days, like it, I don't, it's, 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 it's hard for me to see major success. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tannehill has been putting up numbers. Now they have AJ Brown last year and Corey Davis, pretty prolific passing game, but Tannehill, you're right. Prolific? That Tannehill's, no, they put up stats. I'm telling you, you look back at Tannehill's stats. He has some of the best passing stats in the game. But you're right in the sense that he's not necessarily the guy that you want to win the game. You don't want to put the pressure on him to win a game. And what teams do is they'll shut down the running game. And when they can't run, the pressure all goes on a Tannehill. And he's not the guy like an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, that's necessarily going to win you a game. He's someone that let's get the lead with Derrick Henry. Let's run it down their throats. Then I'll throw some play action to A.J. Brown, who's a beast. And now they got Julio Julio Jones, who – He's getting up there in age, but certainly he can still make some plays. So they have, I think they have the uh, that recipe on offense with Tannehill being more of a game manager with some, some skilled players on the outside, plus Derrick Henry. But they have to get the lead early. And but the unfortunate thing is their defense is just bad. Mm-hmm. So that's why Arizona essentially got got up early and then pinned their ears back and were able to get pressure on Tannehill, sack him. Chandler Jones had five sacks, just dominated him. And they're not going to do well playing from behind. Like you said, Tannehill's not that guy. For me, the silver lining piece is Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. I think those guys are some of the best players at their position. Derrick Henry may be the best pure running back in NFL and you're always, I think, they're gonna be, they're gonna have a shot at winning this division with those guys. Indeed, yeah, they'll have a shot. They'll, they'll have a shot. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, the problem is that you know, as you said, if they get uh, behind early, right, then uh, they can't really just sort of rely on their running game anymore, right? They have to pass. They have to throw the ball, and uh, you know, that's kind of where. Tannehill starts to 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 act out right because he you know is he a guy that really wants to be the guy right does he really want all the pressure does he really want all the attention does he really want to have to you know stand there uh at the end of the game and answer for why that team lost right and their offensive line doesn't look very well. Another silver line, this might be the weak, weakest division in football. This might be weaker than the NFC East this year. So we'll see. And I think so in, in that sense, Titans have a shot at winning this division. And things change in the, play, in the playoffs. So if, having a good running game, you never know. They surprised, they shocked the world a couple of years ago when they took out the Ravens. They sure did. And they took out, they took, well, they took out the Patriots first and then they took out the Ravens. Yeah, but... They took out Tom, but that was the Tom Brady's last game in the Patriot. They got beat by the Titans. They did. In Foxborough. They did, but, you know, was that a Cinderella story? You know, was that just a Cinderella run? Or is that something they could do year in and year out? You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Last year, they couldn't get it done. You're right. You're right. 
So all right, well, let's talk about probably the people would argue two of the worst teams at least coming into the year, at least projected to be, and they've actually played in Week One: Houston, Texas Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars. So Jacksonville Jaguars, I think. Let's start with controversy. Well, <laughs> you want to start with the controversial uh, oh. team first. Let, let's start with let's start with the Texans. Let's start with okay. the Texans, man. Yeah, what's the controversy there? Deshaun Watson? Are you kidding me? The offseason scandal? That's right. Man, Deshaun Watson, and we're, we're talking about a generational talent, right? And obviously, you know, he's been the most important player in that franchise next to J.J. Watt in the last, you know, five years. Oh, yeah. um, so there's, they announced in the offseason that, you know, apparently there's a, a number of different women who have come forward stating that he sexually assaulted them. And this uh, comes on the heels of him yeah. requesting a trade, wanting to leave Houston because he felt like they weren't building a strong team because this is a team that's consistently went to the playoffs over the last several years and he's on the rise and he's, they're not necessarily doing enough for the team. So he wanted to get out of there. He wanted to request a trade, which I think was justified. Unfortunately, all this comes up coincidentally or not mm-hmm. and now he's got to deal with that mm-hmm. yeah so it kind of puts the team in limbo i mean he's not he's not tradable you know uh and obviously there's just kind of a cloud right black cloud over the team and a lot of uncertainty about the future right so we'll see yeah it's we'll little- see so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Silver lining. What is a silver lining, Dr. Torrio? Specifically speaking for the Houston Texans, we'll leave Deshaun out of this. Tyra T- Taylor, uh, he's been a star in this league before, and I feel like he maybe hasn't got his uh, enough credit because he seems to be like a placeholder for a lot of different people. He, if you guys don't remember, last year he start, he won week one with the Chargers, and then right before game two, he, he had an iatrogenic injury where the doctor was – trying to maybe inject a little lidocaine in, in one of his intercostals in between his ribs and punctured his lungs. So um, in steps in Justin Herbert and the rest is history there. So he gets a kind of a fresh start here in Houston and look good week one beat Jags. So sure did. Uh, they have no pressure at this point. They're expected to be the worst team in football and they're already want to know they're already exceeding expectations. And so sky's, I guess not, not the sky's the limit, but, I guess we'll see with them. So the blame now the pressure kind of shifts over the Jaguars because this was the one you were quote unquote supposed to win with your with your number one pick in the draft, Trevor Lawrence, with your brand new head coach, with which many people thought was one of the best coaches coming from college football or in Urban Meyer. And they look bad. They look bad. And um we'll see. What what do you what do you think's your your silver silver lining for the Jags? Something <laughs> I was gonna say, I guess something's never changed because uh, Jacksonville has been bad for a while. Man, they had that one one run with Bortles. They beat the Steelers ugh, when the Steelers had the number one seed. Yep, and they gave the oh. Patriots all they could handle. Oh. Right, well, that was surprising. Yeah. Um, it kind of caught lightning in a bottle that year. They had Ramsey and uh, Fournette. The running back, the Fournette, yeah, uh, that imploded quickly, but. Trevor Lawrence, that's my uh, gratitude. You have a guy that... That's absolutely the gratitude right there, man. You know he's yeah, going mean, to be in that a... uniform for 10 years, and you know he's you mm-hmm. know he's at minimum going to be a franchise quarterback that can take you to the playoffs. At minimum. That's right. That's right. Yep. 
So yeah, I mean, rebuilding, your rebuild, you know, so um, as you kind of alluded earlier, not a whole lot to lose, you know, I mean, just kind of go out there, go for broke. Um, you know, I, I think what you want to do is take, you know, Trevor Lawrence and make sure that you build the team around that, mm -hmm. you know, build the team around him yep. and his skill set. You know, and this year will be a, a year where he's he's going to have to learn how to be a leader, yeah. you know, how to learn how to be uh, a professional. And, um, you know, so I think you just want to just keep him confident, you know, keep him confident, uh, positive, and um, just make sure that, like I said, over the next three to five years, you're building the team around him. Yeah. You know, I think success will come. And I think they're, they're kind of doing the uh Peyton Manning slash Andrew Luck approach throwing you in the fire game one we know you're going to throw 20 plus interceptions your first year but that's okay you're going to learn how to fail that's right and when you learn how to fail that's when you develop the secrets for success and ultimately as long as their o-line holds up and we don't have like a Joe Burrow situation or or a David Carr situation in Houston years back where you're just getting pummeled every second I think that's one of the reasons the bears are holding Justin Fields out. Cause they're nervous that he's going to get destroyed and lose his confidence. The Jacks are throwing him out there, throwing Trevor Lawrence out there and, and knowing that he's going to mess up and have mistakes, but I think they're confident in, in their offensive line and probably confident in their, their coaching staff and their schemes and confident in Trevor Lawrence that he could overcome these uh, growing pains that he's inevitably, inevitably going to have this season. Mm -hmm. And he's going to come out, better for it Indeed. versus if sitting on the sidelines for a full year for sure man so you want to head over to your other favorite team now the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah AFC, AFC North I would say the toughest division in football not necessarily the best teams but the hard-nosed cities with the hard-nosed defense yeah. grit and grind teams grit and grind some good tailgates right. at these stadiums That's right we'll start with none other than my Pittsburgh Steelers, um, Pittsburgh Steelers. So a lot to be thankful for being a Steelers fan, six Super Bowls, the Rooney family, the owners, probably the, my opinion, obviously biased opinion, some of the best owners in all of sports. They came up with the Rooney rule and they not only came up with the rule, they, Mike Tomlin, one of the many African-American coaches now in the NFL. And I think one of the best coaches in the NFL players coach, we've talked about him in, in our coaching episode. But man, that, that team embodies the city, the steel curtain back, back in the day. And they went through a tough time, I think, when they tried to build their offense up with Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Like I said, they had the one seed one year and then the Jags come in and, and knock them off and they were getting mm -hmm. beat by the pass left and right. Over the last couple of years, they went back to what they're known for and that's stout defense. One of the best defenses in the league last year, led by TJ Watt, TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick. They brought in Melvin Ingram, which I think is a great addition. And they have, once again, one of the best defenses in the league. And they have Big Ben, maybe last year, last season, kind of looking like Peyton Manning from the Broncos is last year. Can't really throw it too far. But they have the recipe when it comes to winning a Super Bowl because they have the defense. And they have a quarterback who's been there, done that, and he can manage a game. Mm -hmm. And they still got some skilled players on offense. Their wide receivers are stacked. They got Najee Harris at running back. So the future is bright in Pittsburgh. It is. 
No doubt about it. I mean, you know, and, and you're right. Like, regardless of Big Ben's physical skills, man, like his mental toughness is unmatched, right? He's right up there with Brady, Manning, Breeze. He's right up there with those guys. You know, if you talk about, you know, the the most sort of outstanding quarterbacks of the last 10 to 15 years in the NFL, right? Big Ben's in that conversation, right? All day, right? He's He's one of the few guys that have actually won a Super Bowl in the you know Patriots and uh, Tom Brady era, so give him his respect. Yeah, I think we we talked about on that one episode where literally for the longest time it was like Super Bowl winners were either Brady, a, a Manning, or Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. and then you sprinkle in it like a Drew Brees. And a Joe Flacco, mm-hmm. but other than that, it was Man- a Manning, a Roethlisberger, or a Brady, and then a Rodgers as well. So there's it's, it's two two time Super Bowl champ, like, and he's he's on the tail in his career. So soak it in, Steelers fans, any fan of Big Ben. I'm not necessarily the biggest Big Ben fan in the world. I love the Steelers, but I'm soaking in this the last few seasons of him playing because he is a legend. He's a Steelers legend. He's a football legend, and it's exciting. No, it is, and, and when you think about the Steelers, like contrasting from a team like the Jaguars, right? You're talking about stability, like, you know, rock solid stability, you know, at the top, right? And, and, and obviously the coaching staff, you know, the quarterback, I mean, that franchise embodies what a professional franchise is all about, right? I mean, in order to win at a high level, professional sports, you have to have stability and continuity. You have to have that at some point, you have to, you know, you have to quit all the tweaks and, you know, all of the experimentation yep. and, and just establish yourself. This is our identity. This is who we are. And yep. the Steelers always know who they are. Yep. You said stability. They've had three head coaches total since 1969. Can you believe that? It's amazing. I wonder how many of the Browns have had. <laughs> we might as well jump over to the Browns, which, hey, Brown's last couple of seasons started last year, man. They're making noise. I mean, they took out the Steelers. They pretty much embarrassed the Steelers in the playoffs last year. And I'll tell you what, they were looking pretty darn good against the Chiefs in the playoffs last year until they kind of blew it. And they were looking pretty darn good against the Chiefs in week week one until they kind of kind of blew it. Or not blew it because the Chiefs always just come back and beat teams because that's what they do. But I think they have a good offensive system. But I think the, the thing to be grateful for is Miles Garrett. We focused in on him last year. We talked moment of mindfulness when he had a little bit of a, a helmet swinging moment, fight or flight moment. Um, but that defense has improved. The offense could have put up points. They have a two-headed beast of a backfield. This is a team that's going to make some noise. They still have Odell. right? They still have Odell. Um, he's still one of the most prolific playmakers in the game. You know, so I'm I mean, looking forward to him coming back. Yeah. No, listen, I mean, Cleveland, they're, they're exciting and it's great because they're no longer the laughing soccer of the league. Do you remember when they were like looking at an Owen 16 possibility? <laughs> Do you remember that? That wasn't that long ago. I think they went like three years with only winning like maybe three games in three years. I don't know. It's but, and they have, remember that Jersey they had in like this department store with like quarterback, it was a quarterback Jersey. Like it started with Tim Couch and then it just 
cross the names out and put the different name of the quarter. They've had like, I don't know, 30 plus starting quarterbacks. And finally they have one, they have one say what you will about Baker Mayfield. He looks to be a start a franchise quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback, no doubt. But you know, here's the thing about Baker. Um, Baker is going to have to, to find a way to do better in the fourth quarter. Okay. He's going to have to find a way to keep and maintain leads. Right. What, what, what I've seen ha- happening with this, this uh, Browns team is that, you know, they get off to a really fast start and it seems like more often than not, they're ahead at halftime, but too often. And, you know, last week was a great example. Somehow they're not able to, 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 to sustain that momentum. And, you know, whereas you take a, a, a team like KC, Kansas City, they actually very often don't have the lead at halftime, right? They they actually are a team that really uh, almost kind of plays chicken in a sense by allowing other teams to kind of get out to leads, but walking them down by the end, yeah. you know, because... They remind me of like Golden State when they, those third quarter runs they would go on, they kind of know that exactly. they have it. They have that off switch or that on switch. That's exactly right. And they kind of play with their food before they eat it in a way that reminds me of kind of Golden State. But That's exactly right. I see a lot of parallels with Baker, Mayfield, and the Browns offense with the Tennessee Titans and Tannehill and the Titans offense. These are teams that want to run the football, but also have like amazing talent at wide receiver. And it's just a matter of these these quarterbacks to to manage the game, but also and be manage the game, but also if if needed, if they're losing which isn't their ideal position to be in, be able to make those throws and get the ball to their their playmakers on the outside. That's right. Now, I think the Browns' defense is much better than the Titans, so they, they're probably in better position, but a lot of similarities there. That's just one of these weird things about, about football as a sport is you, you can't get excited about what happened in the first quarter, what happened in the second quarter, what happened in the third quarter, right? You have to play four quarters, you have to play 60 minutes, <laughs> all 60 minutes. Like, you know, there are so many teams out here in the league that they're really, really good teams for three quarters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but the NFL, it comes down to, in the NFL, it comes down to who are you in the fourth quarter? What kind of team are you? Yep. Right when there's a minute and 30 seconds left on the clock, right? Now, Brady showed you who he was last week, right? They played Dallas, got the ball back with what, about a minute and a half left on the, on the clock. And there's this meme they show, right? The last week is like, they show the look in his eyes after Dallas scored. Right. You know, I guess at this point they had, it was a, it was a one point lead. Right. And Brady looked up at the clock. It's like, man, you gave me too much time. <laughs> you gave me too much time. So that's the thing. Like you, you, you can never really get too comfortable. Right. It's really, the football is one of these sports minute. It's really truly not over until yeah. the, the, the fat and, offensive linemen sing. Yeah. And that's, that's a good transition to another team. 
similar to the Titans and the Browns in the sense that they love to run the football. And um, we saw them on Monday night against the Raiders, the, the Baltimore Ravens, where they have a quarterback in Lamar Jackson, who we know if they can get out and get a lead and play their style of, of offense and their style of a game, they can suffocate you and beat you. But if they go behind and, and they have to pull something out in the fourth quarter, it's been tough for them because they're a run first offense. And like we saw against the Raiders when the Raiders kind of blew it in a sense in overtime when they couldn't get the ball in the end zone through an interception, Lamar gets the ball back and subsequently fumbles and sets the Raiders up for, for pretty much an easy win there. So for me, if we're talking about silver linings, this is a team that's devastated with injuries. I think they lost their top three running backs. They recently brought in Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell, some high profile guys, Latavius Murray. If you play fantasy football, you know all about them. So the silver lining, I guess, for them is that running back is probably the most uh, – you have the most depth at that position in the NFL. So if you lose a running back, I would say it's it's probably more easily replaceable as long as it's not like a like Christian McCaffrey type, Saquon Barkley type. Right. More, It's more easily replaceable, I think, than any other position in the NFL. So that's, I guess, the silver lining for them. And they have them, and they have the best running quarterback in the uh, NFL. So that's another silver lining. Yeah, it is. And um, you know, the Ravens, uh, much like the Steelers, perhaps not on the exact same level, but you know, they're stable franchise. You know, stable. They're all about longevity uh, and continuity in terms of their upper level management and leadership. Their coach, John Harbaugh. You know, he's obviously been with that team for decades now they have a they have a winning formula right they have they have an identity everyone knows what a ravens team is all about right it's hard nose smash mouth football you know, great defense you know and and they grind it out they're going to grind you down and so you have to be thankful basically for the fact that you know you you still I mean, the Ravens are, you know, still very much intact and stable in terms of their leadership. Uh, and so those are the things that are going to get a team through tough times like injuries, right? Is having a stable narrative, stable identity, solid leadership. Yep. So yep. I think they're, 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 they're going to be just fine. Toughness. And then last but not least, the Cincinnati Bengals. They kind of took the mantle from the Browns more recently as as kind of a a tortured fan base, tortured team, um, never won a Super Bowl before in their team's history, been close before. They had a, a decent run with Carson Palmer back in the day. Andy Dalton was decent. But things look, started looking up when they got Joe Burrow, number one pick, mm -hmm. arguably another, along with Trevor Lawrence, one of the, the best-looking prospects out of college football in a long time. Yeah, but, you know, the difference between Burrow and Lawrence to me is Burrow seems to be extremely charismatic. Lawrence is obviously great, a great talent. I have yet to see the charisma. Um, I have yet to see, you know, him really being able to inspire, you know, the guys on the team. I, Burrow, that's already happening, right? He is an inspiration to that city. He's uplifted that city. Mm -hmm. It's great. Oh, and the fact that he's already coming back from a pretty brutal knee injury. Um, they won their first game, and hopefully the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line can keep him upright because they have a great skill position players on the offense. So I would say 
look for, no further than Joe Burrow. We're going to highlight some of these young quarterbacks as the as the thing to be grateful for because I don't think there's that many Joe Burrows. I think we, it's it'd be interesting. Would you take Joe Burrow or and obviously Joe Burrow is coming off a knee injury, so this, this may sway you. But would you take Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence to start your franchise if you have to choose right now? Joe Burrow all day. Joe Burrow all day, all day. Because you know that's the thing, man. Like talent is is obviously essential. But leadership is something that, you know, like the, the, that ability to really inspire people, right? That is a rare gift. That's something mm-hmm. you don't find yep. every day. And, and he has that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, right. that's the guy I want to, I'm riding I think, with. I think, sure. I'm, I think I'm with you. I think it's, it's close, but I think I'm with you as well. He, the, just that season, that one season he had with LSU was impressive in the way he kind of he carried himself, the swagger, the charisma. And he's already looking pretty fierce. I, I, I heard he called his own number in the game when he played in, the, in week one. So swagger matters for an NFL quarterback. It just, it's, it's something I'm telling you, man. It's something about this, like, I think the, like the sport of football, but for the, you know, cause there's a lot of obviously um, a lot of talent. It's, it's, we're talking about, uh, a huge group of men, like 50 some odd people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not talking about small groups like with basketball teams. It's a huge group of men, uh, obviously a lot of testosterone, you know, obviously a lot of- Ego. Ego, yes, that's where I was looking for, ego. You gotta have swagger, I mean, to impress those guys, to be the guy that all of those men look up to. Yeah command attention all those great athletes and you're not only are you the team leader like a you know like i mean all teams have a leader but you're the guy with the ball in his hands pretty much all the time like you decide what's happening next you Mm -hmm. dictate the entire offense like all eyes are on you oh man you gotta have swagger like you have to be someone that can really carry that yep you know absolutely and um burrow's that guy good all right well that's a perfect segue into the afc west and maybe the 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 quarterback that carries the most swag outside of tom brady in the nfl patrick mahomes and and kansas city chief yeah he's the best example i don't think we have to go yeah we don't have to go too much deeper into them because i want to Make sure we keep it a little even here with the AFC and the NFC breakdowns. But Patrick Mahomes, if you're a Chiefs fan, man, you guys are blessed. That's all there is to say. <laughs> just very yeah. blessed. Yeah. Um, you just kind of had the perfect storm, yeah. you know, in terms of, you know, getting all this talent, collecting all this talent together. And it's not just the talent, man. They seem to really yeah. like each other. They have fun. They have great chemistry. They're all kind of similar in age, you know what I mean? So they can probably really communicate and like, kick it and yeah they get each other you know they got their the grandpa on the sidelines mm-hmm. and it's great that they shored up their offensive line because it was kind of brutal to watch him run for his life against the bucks in the super bowl so they fixed that up and hey we'll, we'll get to our picks shortly but that's a little bit of a teaser all right who's and then we got the denver broncos i think hey you, you may you got a good game manager in there and uh, i think <laughs> gratitude wise i think you got Thankful for Von Miller being back healthy. 
one of the be- one of the best, if not the best, defensive player in the year. When healthy, Bradley Chubb's coming back from an injury as well, so that defense is getting back, hopefully to to a level where they were when they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, noodle arm Peyton Manning in his last year. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's. I, I think you know Denver. Uh, if if they can just sort of stay healthy, develop some chemistry this year, you know, and try to kind of like you said, get back to some semblance of who they are. Yeah. It's probably a successful year, right? I don't know if there's going to be super high expectations for this team, but they just kind of need to, 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 to establish some sort of continuity and identity, right? So um, we'll see how it goes for them. Until they get Aaron Rodgers next year. Mm. All right, so dun, then dun, we, dun. Got, we got um, San Diego Chargers, the uh, ugly stepchild here in Los Angeles, although um, I love their uniforms. I love what they're doing, and they have a great young team. They, I think Justin Herbert exceeded my expectations this is a very timid guy coming out of oregon big arm big athlete you were talking about charisma i didn't really see a whole lot from him initially but you see him play and you're like wow this guy's got some juice so i think he does him sofi stadium not a lot of pressure out here in los angeles because the eyes are more so on the rams who who spend a bunch of money in free agency um and the eyes are more on in his division they're probably more so overlooked than all the other three teams. So I think you got to be grateful for your quarterback and the opportunity to, to uh, kind of surprise some people. Herbert is fascinating um, because you're absolutely right. Like he's, he's super quiet, or at least seems super quiet. Who knows what's going on in the locker room? Um, just very reserved. But when he, when he puts that helmet on and he's under center, different guy, different guy. Like you can see the confidence in how he plays. Right. He just he, he has this look and style and approach on the field, almost like a, a field marshal, like a general officer just out there, just like leading his troops, just slinging it, man, just throwing fucking darts out there. It's crazy with such confidence. Um, I actually think that he elevates his teammates just with the way that he plays because he plays with supreme confidence just watch yep, there's more than one way to to lead and and you don't always have to be the big vocal verbal charismatic gregarious leader you can be the fucking silent but deadly stone cold killer when you walk on there and strap up your helmet so and hey, and hey man that's not a bad way to go because in those instances they don't see you coming and sometimes that can be even more lethal yeah. and i think it fits the identity of the team obviously if if the chargers were the number one team in LA and maybe all the spotlight was on him, it would be difficult, but playing for the chargers, this might be perfect, man. And those baby blues who, all right, last but not least in that division, the Las Vegas Raiders. I can't wait to go to a game there at Legion stadium right off the strip. We, we got to go at some point, dude, mm-hmm. we got to go. Um, that, that's that. my, that's my gratitude for the, for being a Raiders franchise is you finally are getting fans in the mm-hmm. seats and, and that Monday night scene was electric. So electric that Gruden and the Raiders thought the game was over when it wasn't. And it was emotional and they almost blew it, but ended up coming back and winning. Let's get ready to rumble. Oh yeah. Yeah. That got me going. That got me going when I heard that to start the game, that was, oh, that got me fired up. Yeah, no, it's good times, man. Vegas, you know, that's like uh, party central. And, you know, if you're an adult here in the United States, there's like a probably a 75, 80% chance that you've been to Vegas and had the time of your life, you know? So 
it's it's kind of cool that they have a football team there now. I mean, I just think that's really cool. And it's a solid team, man. They got Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the league. Jacobs, Derek Derek Carr, steady, steady guy, steady, steady. guy. John Gruden, Waller. Don't forget about yeah, Waller. No, yeah, Waller's the best tight end, one of the best tight ends in the league. But yeah, they have a they're solid. They're gonna be solid. And uh, but let's jump over to do last division, AFC East. Future's bright here. All quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, 25 years or younger. And this is just two years removed from Tom Brady. Yours truly leaving the division. And it's been wide open ever since. Although mm-hmm. well, some a lot of people's Super Bowl favorite this year. And the team that kind of surprised a lot of teams this year, the quarterback that made a huge jump last year and is was actually number three, you know, had the fourth best odds to win an MVP. We'll start here is Buffalo. Yep, Mr. Allen. What are your thoughts about Mr. Josh Allen? This is a this is a tough one. This is a tough one for me because I I see the talent. I mean, Josh Allen to me is like a young Ben Roethlisberger mixed with old right? Cam Newton, maybe even more upside but in terms of the size the physicality the sort of just like confidence in terms of just like man like one thing about ben that always kind of threw me off like most quarterbacks are always you could tell you could just tell they're kind of just in the pocket always very aware of where everybody's at and you can tell they're a little you know they're itching to get that ball released because they don't want to get hit. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Ben doesn't care about getting hit. No. Defenders hurt more when they try to hit Ben. That's how big this dude is, right? He doesn't care. In fact, it's probably to his advantage that he try to go after him and just bounce off of him. He's that, he's a huge man, you know, and Josh Allen's kind of like that. He's just this big, massive dude that can throw the football. And uh, I think it's, Sling it. He can sling it. Probably has the biggest arm. He really can sling it. And to see this, he's like a Paul Bunyan. You know, he's just this huge dude back there. And I I just it's 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 gotta be extremely intimidating for the defense. You know, to basically see a linebacker on the other side of the ball throwing darts like that. So I mean. I, I do think that he has immense talent, and I think that he has immense upside. The sky is the limit. I do see a Super Bowl in his future. Ooh. However, absolutely, he because he's got he's got it all right. Just like he's like a like I said, he's bent. He's like a Ben Roethlisberger younger version, but probably even more talented. Um, but this is why it's so tough for me. I think he's slightly overrated this year. I think that last year he did really well, but here's the other thing. He's very young. There's not a lot of tape on this guy. And I've seen it time and time again, when there's not a lot of tape on you, you kind of take teams by surprise, you can have tremendous success. But now there's a whole year of film on everything you do. Now that you are the the man, right? You're literally an MVP candidate. Teams are going to be focused on you. We'll see how he responds. But I want to, I'm always interested in seeing what a, a player does after that one Cinderella season, right? After that year of greatness, I want to see if you can duplicate that effort. Because we all know once we get in the film room, we figure you out, things yeah. can change. And I think the, the Bills have to do an important job of making sure that the focal point of that team is still the defense. 
That's what got him to the playoffs right. two years ago. Exactly. When they exactly. had a chance and they should have beat the exactly. Texans, but then he kind of messed it up and Deshaun came in and won it for him. Um, and they grew upon that and their offense kind of took over last year. I'll, I'll, still had the great defense and hopefully their defense is, continues to be dominant because that's that's the recipe for them to win. Right. And um, that's the recipe for Josh Allen to continue to grow as a quarterback. Exactly. Is to not put too much pressure on him too soon to go out there and put up MVP type numbers. No doubt. Uh, all right. So then let's go over to the New York, New York Jets. Do they have a QB to believe in? I think that's that's the question. I think Zach Wilson is this is could be the thing to be grateful for. Number two pick in the draft. You 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 got your guy. You chose him over Trey Lance. You chose him over Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. You chose him over Justin Fields. So that's right. Let's see it. Is this the guy? Is this the guy? Is this the is this the kid coming out of BYU that can uh, handle the pressure of being the quarterback for the New York Jets? Because just recently you shipped away your other, uh, I think, second pick overall, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, that's right. So let's see if he can be the guy. I think that's the silver lining right there. Is is to see like, hey, we got this young guy. He, he looked pretty decent in Week One. Let's see what he can do. For sure. Um, I will tell you though, it's it's a little unfair. Um, you know, for some of these kids, because, you know, it's like super high draft pick. So, you know, the expectations are enormous, but then, it, you know, some of these guys have the misfortune of going to these franchises that are totally mismanaged, right? They don't have an identity. They don't have a stable coaching staff. They don't have a stable system, you know, and, and, and that's just never going to be a good situation for a young guy, you know, a young guy that he needs stability, right? He needs structure. Yeah. Well, just think about this. Trey Lance was pick one pick after him, a quarterback by the San Francisco 49ers, a team one year removed from the Super Bowl. Like look at his situation and he doesn't even have to start right away. They got Jimmy G versus coming in as Zach Wilson on a New York Jets team that hasn't been good in so many years with new coaching staff. That Like that's, night and day when you're thinking in just one difference of a draft position and Dre Lance can kind of sit back. He'll, he'll get some, they have their own packages designed for him up there in San Francisco. He's on a team that in all likelihood will be back in the hunt for a super bowl versus Zach Wilson's playing for a team that they may end up having the number two pick in the draft again next year. Exactly. Yeah. Complete different situations, man. And, uh, and it does really require a completely different level of commitment. Your mental fitness, your mental toughness has to be at an all-time high in this jet situation, you know? So, Yeah, and it, maybe it's, it's a similar situation to Trevor Lawrence. He can go out there and he can, he can learn from his failures. And he's going to have plenty of opportunity to fail and plenty of opportunity to learn. So right. that could be great for him if you're right, if he has the appropriate mental fitness this guy's going to be the limit for his ability to grow and learn in this first year. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks who, well, let's, let's, let's head over. We're on a string of talking about first round draft picks. So let's talk about Mac Jones, and the new England Patriots. Mm-hmm. So they got Mac Jones. They got their guy. I believe this is the guy they targeted. They wanted overall and they got him 15th. And so 14 teams passed on him. And the question is Patriots fans and Patriots franchise. Do you have the heir apparent? <laughs> God, that's so unfair. Those are the obviously the biggest shoes to fill. 
of them all. Um, so it, it, it's, it, you don't want to do that to him. Um, here's the thing. Mac Jones, I mean, I think that he's a guy that probably fits really well with what Bill Belichick's trying to do, right? I mean, he obviously has, has shown us that he, he, he prefers a quarterback, prefers players that, you know, aren't particularly um, flamboyant, right? Aren't particularly vocal. Um, that, mm-hmm. you know, they're guys that just kind of do their job. You know, they don't ask a lot of questions. They don't challenge, yeah. you know, what the system is. They just come in, they fit in, right? They just fit in with the system. Yeah. And that's, that's the DNA of the Patriots. It's, he's never, Bill Belichick in the system, he's never asked the quarterback to do too much. You got to manage the game. Right, we're always going to have a top five defense. Even, but having said that, they have Tom Brady who could do more than just manage a game. We, we've seen that. And, and, but I think the DNA of, of a Bill Belichick coach team is going to be we're going to win with defense and we're going to win with, uh, we're not going to put up 40 points a game because we don't have to. Obviously, with Tom Brady, they could. They had one of the most prolific offenses ever when they had Randy Moss and company there. But when they won their Super Bowls, that was a mixture of top five offense and top five defense and balanced running game, balanced short passing game, deep passing game, using a lot of tight ends. Like they're not necessarily going to ask Mac Jones to do a lot with regards to throwing the football deep down the field. Um, but they're going to ask him to yeah. do a lot with regards to like reading defenses, knowing how to put his team mm-hmm. in, in the best position to win and managing the game. Um, a lot of pressure. And, but there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> maybe more more pressure than than any other uh position or quarterback and and, and specifically his rookie season by far the most pressure because people expect them to make the playoffs still bill belichick is a great coach um one of the greatest coaches of all time he is the head coach or has been the head coach for one of the greatest franchises uh, of all time in terms of Super Bowl wins. Now, um, great coaching. I believe that great coaching will make you a great regular season team, right? Will make you a, a, a surefire playoff team, right? Um, and I believe that great coaching alone could probably get you maybe even a win or two in the playoffs, okay? But I think that there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a point at which great coaching really does have its ceiling. And in order to win at the highest level, you have to have special players that can show up at, in big moments, right? And that's gonna be the real question. I think that Mac Jones, in this system, maybe not this year, but you know, sooner than later, they're going to be a playoff team again because they do have a great coach. They do have a great system. That, that's not going to change. And I do believe that Bill Belichick and his great coaching and his great system had a large role to play in the Patriots' success, right? It's not like an either-or thing. It's not Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. It was obviously this, the, the synergy of these two that made the difference. But 
is Mac Jones a special talent like Brady who can make those big plays and, and do all the little things in the big moments, right? The coach can only do but so much. The scheme, the system can only do but so much because there's going to come a point when you're going to have schemes, systems, and coaches that are just as great, right? Once you get to the championship level, the, the conference championship level, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl level, like, you know, you're no longer, I mean, it goes from boys to men at that point, right? And you have to have guys that can get it done. And I, we'll have to wait and see with Matt Jones. We really do. I mean, he was a winner in college, but he had a great situation, you know, yeah. great system there, great, great coach, great players all around him. Yeah, he fell into another great situation. I think that the promising thing is if you trust Bill Belichick as a Patriots person or fan, I mean, you should because he's won six Super Bowls there. Then you're going to trust that. Oh, he went, he traded up and went and got Mac Jones. I don't know if they did they. Well, anyways, yeah, they did. They um, did. They did. That's yeah. exactly right. Yep. So they went. He got. He got his guy. So you you expect them to be back and competing sooner rather than later. Well, my concern though is that he, you know, I, I think he may have deluded himself into believing that all he needs is a solid game manager to run his system and and that's all it takes and we're going to find out okay this year that that's absolutely not what it takes like it's going to get you into the playoffs you know you'll be a solid team but you're not going to win a super bowl with just being a great coach with a great system yeah. you have to have special players Hey, they spent a first-round draft pick. They didn't settle for Cam Newton um, another year. So, hey, they're going for it. All right, last but not least, Miami Dolphins, team that um, took a step forward, surprised a lot of people. Where They were uh, went into the last game of the year being that close to making the playoffs. They're, they have a second-year quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, who a lot of people – who disappointed a lot of people last year, high draft pick last year top five draft pick and this is and, and, and didn't look particularly well in the first game although it was a win at the patriots big win in her inner division win but didn't necessarily hasn't really necessarily looked like he did when he played for alabama and granted he finished his career there pretty much fra like fracturing and dislocating his hip and mac jones took over and the rest mm -hmm. of his history from that standpoint but yeah i think for them it, it kind of hinges on whether or not two is that guy. It does. But they have yeah. they have they have some bright young receivers, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, who they brought in. Obviously, you're in South Beach, you're in Miami. Like you got to be thankful about about that playing that beautiful, beautiful sunshine. Um, but yeah, I wasn't Miami in the potential sweepstakes for Aaron Rodgers when there was some thought that he might that's the concerning thing like you had rumors of them trying to go after deshaun watson and going after aaron Rodgers. deshaun and, watson that's right and yep. just a lot of talk about them not necessarily like trusting two of the guy they went and spent a top five draft pick on last year so that's a problem it's yeah i mean you know but this is a gratitude episode we gotta we gotta well what's the bright side you're right the thing about it is interesting is so we talked earlier about trevor lawrence and and how uh that's really what they need to focus on this year you know it's just like 
giving him confidence. Like you're our guy, you know, like go out there. You're going to make some mistakes. It's fine. That's what this year is all about. The first couple of years, that's, you, you got to give people an opportunity to grow, right? That may be kind of the, you know, the nail, the nail in the coffin, so to speak, for that relationship, for that quarterback's career with this organization, because you don't think that the other players know that they were, you know, looking for other quarterbacks. I mean, how is that going yeah. to instill confidence in them? You know, that two is the guy. Yeah. Nothing's given. Everything is earned in the NFL. So Tua and everyone in the NFL, you got to take it as a chance. Like I got to earn my keep. So the opportunity is there. This is a young, talented team that could easily win this division. The division's wide open. Brady's not there anymore. Uh, Patriots are busting a new quarterback. He may have like a one to two year window here. The Bills aren't quite there yet. So this is an opportunity for for the Dolphins. Now the Jets are, we can write them off, I think, at least for a couple of years. But the Dolphins, Patriots, that's Bills. So that is, is that's, that is the, gra- the gratitude message here is thank God that Tom Brady led that division. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So let's wrap this bad boy up. Let's give our Super Bowl picks and Super Bowl winners. Um, I'm gonna, it's, it's just going to be boring. I think both of us, I have a feeling both of us might have the same two Super Bowl teams. Um, well, then, okay. okay. I'm going to go chalk. Okay. If we're going to do this, then that means that whoever says the NFC uh, representative first, the other person says the AFC representative. Okay. First. Well, yeah. So Sound I'll good? go NFC. So there's really two teams I circled here. And part of me thinks the only team that can beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the Los Angeles Rams because their defense primarily. And McVay has his guy. So you know the offense is going to be humming. And that defense with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, ideally can get after Tom Brady, stuff and beat him. But that's that's a risky pick because that division they're playing in with the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the 49ers, you don't know if they're even going to be able to, I mean, uh, I'm assuming they can make the playoffs, but I just, I'm not going to go against a team that won the Super Bowl last year with the best quarterback of all time. One of the best athletes of all time, returning every single starter from that team. Plus important bench players. I'm taping the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming out of the, the NFC. I know that's the easy pick, but I'm taking them, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Rams in the Super Bowl as well. Okay, so is that your NFC Championship game is Rams, yep. Tampa Bay? Well, okay, that's what I said. We'll see, but Tampa Bay coming out of the Got NFC. It. All right, Tampa Bay. Well, man, the AFC is really tough. Um, you got Tampa? Yeah. Oh no, I actually. Uh, well, if you're gonna give if you're gonna give me the opportunity, of course you do. Then here's what I'll say. Tampa's definitely going to be there in the championship. No doubt about it. I don't necessarily see them playing the Rams. Um, the Rams do have a great defense. You're right. I just, you know, Stafford, this is his first year. I mean, he's never, never really, I mean, he's been in the league long enough now. He's never really had like a deep playoff run. Uh, it's hard. Yeah, that's why I would never pick him to beat Tom Brady. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to see him, you know, all of a sudden just, doing all the things that it takes uh you know to get he has there. been a detroit though it's true i don't know man i I, lo- I like arizona this year i told you uh when we were talking about like the that. nfc i could see that team being a surprise team making a deep playoff run i think that's going to happen this year 
But you got the Bucks. So I actually, I do have the Bucks. I think it's going to be the Bucks. I think it's going to be Arizona, and I think the Bucks okay. will win. Who that, do you got in the Super Bowl? Uh, that game. So, I, I, you know, honestly, I I wish I could I could pick something different, but it's just hard for me to bet against Kansas City, and it's also hard for me to bet against Buffalo. I do think that those are the best teams in the AFC. Um, I don't want them to be the best teams in the AFC. I, you know, my the Ravens. Um, that's my heart. You know, it's, it's obviously you know, where I'm from, but, um, yeah, no, I, I think Buffalo's got their number. I think, you know, Josh Allen, uh, I don't think that last year was a fluke. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, he's poised to have a, just a great NFL career. I think it's going to be him and Patrick Mahomes back and forth year in and year out, you know, for uh, best player in the AFC. So, you know, yeah, that's that's those are my those are my two in, in the AFC Championship. And so who's this, who you got? In the, who you got? One of the Super Bowl. So, I'm actually going to call it now. I think that, um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be a repeat. I think I think Kansas, I think I think Kansas City is going back to Super Bowl, and uh, I like Tampa. Who? Okay. I like that. So yeah. I, I, I'll go AFC championship game. I'll go chief Steelers. I think the Steelers defense, big bins last year, they're going to conjure up something great and there's going to be a hell of a run. They're going to fall just short because of Patrick Mahomes, because of the chiefs. And I see re redemption. I see the chiefs and Mahomes coming out on top against Tom Brady and the bucks. We both see a rematch. And I think probably 50% of the world's with us on that um but there's reasons behind that like we're these are generational talents some of the best talents we've ever seen some of the best collection of rosters and these are the best rosters in the nfl hands down in my opinion yep. um we already know the quarterbacks can win super bowls they've won super bowls the coaches have won super bowls these teams have won super bowls they've won the last two super bowls so the recipe's there so unless something kind of miraculous happens like a a Joe Flacco type Ravens run, or I mean, we didn't even talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but uh, it's just it's it's going to be these these two teams. I'm pretty pretty fucking. I'm, I'm I haven't been this confident in the Super Bowl pick in a while. Um, I think last year we both picked. I don't know. We'll have to go back and check the tapes, but yeah, Chiefs over Bucks. You got Bucks over Chiefs. We'll have to come up with a friendly wager. We'll tell everyone about that. I'll also predict that I will beat Armin once again or make it further than him in our fantasy football league. <laughs> he's, he's a one-time champ. I'm a two-time champ. Um, so we'll see. It's kind of... Yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, it's a long season. Long season. <laughs> a lot can happen. Yeah, but I'm, so. I'm, I'm thankful to uh, be able to be able to do this podcast, be able to watch National Football League, play fantasy football, and, and just be able to live, man. And Los Angeles is a great city to be in. I'm excited for what's to come with the sports like MDs. I'm excited about this NFL season. Um, yeah. I'm, always, I'm always excited. No, there's a lot to be grateful for right now, man, especially when you think about all the craziness that's happening with COVID-19. You know, now we're at the delta virus the mu yep. 
virus, whatever, you know, I mean, it's like, man, it seems like it's a never ending saga. Oh yeah. Buckle with, on. with this pandemic. Um, be, be present in the moment. So the fact that we're still alive, man, the, at this point, we can just be grateful to yeah. be alive, man. Just we're here to tell the story here to, you know, keep giving the, you know, the fans what they want and you know, keep promoting mental health and sports um and keep doing what we do making this podcast great this organization great um you know continue to spread the good news you know about mental health awareness and you know continuing to you know just you know uplift communities you know uplift people you know bring a positive message to the world yeah i'm just grateful for for all of those things for being able to do all of those things yeah, uh, I got to echo that exactly. I'm I'm grateful to just be a part. I'm thankful for everyone listening to this, and thankful for you, Doctor Hose. Right back at you, sir. And uh, yeah, thankful for having these conversations. So yeah, let's end the stigma and continue the conversation. Thanks, man. This was awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, I enjoyed it. To, to you.